today's topic is going to be five lessons that I learned after recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, it was a long journey, four and a half years. It doesn't seem like a long journey in the big picture of things, but those four and a half years were very, very intense for me, extremely intense. In fact, those four and a half years literally felt like a decade. It felt like a whole lifetime, actually, because every single day was just struggle. It was a grind. It was one of the hardest things. No, not one of it was literally the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. You know, all the sports I've done, all the work I've done in the past, every single experience in my life, that was single-handedly the hardest. Just the intensity of the situation and the things you go through on a daily basis, I don't think people realize how hard it is just to get through a single day. And so for you, if you're going through it right now, then I applaud you. I totally understand how tough and difficult it can be. But at the same time, at the end of all this, when you do get to the other side, when you recover, when you start feeling a lot better and you're able to you know, return to what you're doing, if not do more things than you were doing before, then it's just uh, it's just an amazing feeling. And so there's five very important lessons that I learned throughout this journey, throughout this transformation that I want to share with you today. And we're going to start with number five, letting go of expectations. I used to be the person who was almost like a perfectionist. I had extremely high expectations for almost every situation in my life. I was always writing down my goals. I was always trying to overachieve and I would always expect only the very best from myself, which is great. You know, it's led me to do a lot of great things. It's led me to achieve, you know, getting really good grades in school, you know, being one of the best personal trainers in the previous company I was in. But at the same time, you know, it, it got out of hand and my expectations for situations and really just my life and in people just got to the point of being way too extreme. And there are certain things in life that you want to have expectations for, but other things you really can't have extreme expectations for because certain things are out of your control. And that's what I learned is you can't have expectations for everything in your life. And it's okay to have expectations for some things, but you have to understand that things are going to be out of your control a lot of the times, no matter how hard you work, no matter what you do, some things just don't end up happening. And so it was learning where to draw the line for expectations. When I was sick and I was wanting to get better, I would put this expectation on myself. Like, okay, I'm going to be better by next summer. I got to be better. Or this is the year I'm going to get better, which is great to have. But it also puts that external pressure on yourself. If you don't really have a clear path of what you're going to do exactly step by step and a path that's proven to you know actually get people out of the hole if you're just telling yourself i'm going to figure out a way to get better i don't care what it is but i'm going to get better by the end of december 2022 i don't know what year you're watching this in right now but if you say that to yourself then you do put a lot of pressure on yourself so it's learning to take that expectation off and you know learning to manage it you know learning where to draw the line when it comes to setting expectations for certain outcomes in your life. So that's number five. Number four, big lesson I learned was overthinking doesn't get you anywhere. You know, I was always the kind of person, and I'm sure a lot of people watching this right now, if you're in this position, then it's because you've placed a lot of stress on your body. And that happens because we overthink a lot of things. The way the brain works is it's designed to analyze situations so that it can anticipate certain threats or stressors and really keep you safe. Now, for most people, 
when they're constantly overstressed, whether it's in, in life, whether it's physical stress, like not sleeping enough, working way too much, if it's emotional stress, like with relationships, or if it's mental stress, overthinking situations and, and trying to do do it right, trying to, to be perfect all the time, it, it gets very stressful on the body. And you know the mental aspect of everything with CFS, people underestimate how much your mental thoughts and your emotions play a role in keeping you sick and the role it can play in getting you out of the pits, out of the the hole of, you know, a crash or, you know, when you're in the depths of this illness, it, it's hard to find a way out. And people don't realize that a lot of it is internal. It's the way we respond to the symptoms and things like that. So overthinking was huge for me. In fact, I used to overthink everything. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night because I'm thinking of how can I get more clients when I'm personal training? How can I sell bigger packages? How can I work out more? Or how can I change my diet so that I'm optimizing my energy efficiently and getting the most that I can out of every single day? How do I do this and this and this and this and this better? What are the exact steps for this and this and this? In fact, I remember there was this one time when I was personal training when I just started. I wanted to do everything perfectly and being a perfectionist, I literally Googled everything. There was this one time I actually searched up on the computer. How do I talk to people in the gym? Because I was overthinking everything versus just going up to them and saying, hi, how's it going? I literally Googled, how do you say hello to people and strike up conversations in the gym? How do you call people to set appointments? What exactly do I say? How long should the phone call be? You know, if they're driving in the car, if they want to schedule for another day, do I give them one option to reschedule or two options? And it was just insane to the point where people, you know, one time they came across the computer, you know, people don't know this yet. If, if they're watching this, then they're going to laugh about it. But they they saw on the computer, they're like, who the heck searches up how to say hi to people in the, in the gym? Or who who searches up? how to talk to people in the gym. And I was just sitting there, you know, pretending I wasn't the one who didn't do it. But they were like, that's just sad, whoever has to do that. But me being an overthinker, I would overthink everything. Whereas nowadays, you know, I only think about really what's in the moment and, you know, look a little bit into the future, just so I can anticipate things that are coming. But I'm not overthinking 24 seven. In fact, I am a lot more lenient and a lot more, um, chill. I have a very chill, relaxed approach about everything. And I actually get the same, if not more results than I used to get when I was overthinking. So we can tell ourselves this whole story in our head and jump through all these hoops and play out, you know, a hundred different scenarios. And then we actually do the thing. And it turns out that it doesn't even happen and turn out to be any of those scenarios. So overthinking, it's you playing stories in your head of what you think might happen or could happen or that you're scared of happening. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters at all. Because while you just live this whole story in your head, you just missed out on what's in front of you. And you know, turns out when you do the thing, it actually doesn't even turn out how you anticipated. So overthinking is something I learned to just let go of. The level that I was overthinking at served me absolutely zero purpose. And it was actually such a detriment to my mindset. And it only caused me stress, anxiety, um, and all those things. There was nothing really positive that came out of it. Whereas Obviously, it's good to think about the future and anticipate things and think about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. But overthinking is when you're almost like living in that inner world, not really in reality. So that was a very important lesson I learned that overthinking doesn't get you anywhere. That is number four. Number three, I learned that it's okay to say no to people and opportunities. I can't tell you how many times I get asked to do something or how many projects 
people offer me and say, Hey, I want to hire you for this project or this project. And, you know, back then I would say, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's do it. I would say yes to literally everything. And at certain times in your life, that's something you have to do because you, you're exploring different avenues, finding out what you like, what you don't like, what works. And really when you say yes to a lot of opportunities, that's how you learn a lot of things. But it gets to a certain point when you're saying yes to literally everything and everyone that you don't even say yes to yourself. You're putting everybody else before yourself. Regardless of how you feel physically or emotionally, you're always going to put other people's needs before yourself. And I had a hard time saying no because I didn't want to disappoint people. I was almost like the yes man. I would say yes to, to really just anything. And so I've learned now that it's not bad to say no to opportunities and you're not a bad person. It just doesn't fit with what you need to do right now or, or what I need to do right now. I'm okay with saying no. I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel bad that I'm letting someone down because I know if I don't take care of myself first and put my needs first, then I can't help anybody and I can't contribute to the world at all. I'm just going to be stuck at home, sick, just you know, consuming resources and not able to give back to society and the world if I say yes to everybody. So I don't see it as a negative thing now to say no to somebody or a certain situation or an opportunity. I see it as, okay, does this vibe with my needs right now? And is this going to benefit me in the long run? If not, then I'm not going to do it. And so I've learned to draw the line right there. Number two, I learned the importance of purpose and doing things because I enjoy them. Before it used to be that I wanted to be the top trainer. I wanted to get good grades. I wanted to be team captain of the sports team because I wanted that recognition. For some reason, I just feel like I I, I love that boost. I I loved hearing people say, oh, Miguel, you did a good job. Hey, Miguel, you killed it. Really awesome job you did there. You know, I wish other trainers could be like you. I wish all the people on the wrestling team could be like you. I almost like I thrived off that. I, I felt like I needed that and I craved that. And that became my purpose. I was seeking that recognition to get that A on a test, to get that straight A's throughout the whole year on report cards versus doing things because I truly wanted to do them for myself. For example, when I was personal training, my goal was to be the best trainer in the company. And I didn't quite make it to the top, but I got close versus a better purpose would have been, I want to help as many people as I can. So there's a big difference there when you're doing it to help other people or you're doing it to get that number one spot. It's a very different thing. And, you know, on the one hand, me wanting to be the top in the company, that was me, you know, doing whatever it took to get that spot versus on the other hand, if I wanted to just help people. And so the purpose is so important. Everything I did, I think in my life, or not everything, but a lot of things I did was for the wrong purpose. It was, it was for the recognition versus nowadays, I do things because I truly want to do them. When I started my video business, I didn't even start it to start a business. I started it because I truly enjoyed doing videos, enjoyed making videos. I really loved music. Every time I would listen to a song, I remember that I could see visions in my head of what would be playing on the screen with that song when the music gets faster or louder or slower and softer, I could picture a scene in my mind, something epic that would be really cool. And I just started making cool videos about that. And that was my purpose. My purpose was to just do it because it inspired me. It made me happy versus doing it because, oh, I want to get the next big client. I want to make $10,000 a month. I want a team of video editors so we can be the most successful video agency in Vancouver, British Columbia. 
it, it wasn't for that reason. It was because I, I truly wanted to do it. And even today, I obviously do things I don't want to do because I have to do them like, you know, paperwork, accounting, things like that. But for the most part, I do things because I truly want to do them. And so I've shifted the purpose from an external motivation and external desire to for an external result to an internal desire and an internal result that I'm seeking. And it's to make, and I'm doing it because I truly want, and I'm doing it because I want to do it. Not because someone told me that I should do it or society told me that I should do it or I want to achieve an, an external thing, but I do it from the heart because I literally want to do it because it makes me happy. And that leads to my final point. Number one, you don't need external things to be happy. Now, of course, external things can increase your level of happiness temporarily. And obviously, you know, things like finances, you, you need money to survive. You need family is really good to have around. But at the end of the day, I've seen people with almost no money be way happier than people with a lot of money. I've seen people with very few friends be happier than people with a thousand friends. And so happiness really comes from within. And I, I've met a lot of successful people, you know, through business, you know, people who have big marketing agencies, have tons of employees, can buy pretty much anything they want. They drive, you know, Lamborghinis, they drive whatever, but they all say that these things are nice to have, but that happiness is just temporary. It goes away. What it really comes down to is what you have inside and the happiness you get from within. So if you do things that make you happy, that inspire you, that motivate you to get out of bed in the morning and get you excited that is a feeling that no external thing can get it's like when you're a kid and you wake up for christmas and you get that toy that thing you've always wanted that thing you've been waiting for for the last six months think about that feeling that huge rush of emotions and energy it's like it's like a huge skyrocket of emotions but after about a week then you know it slowly starts to come down after two weeks it goes away and after a few months that feeling is is almost gone and so it's only temporary it's and so it's only temporary versus if you're doing something that truly makes you happy that's from within you know that's a feeling that nothing else can really replace now i do all of these things to the best of my ability sometimes obviously i forget and i get caught up in day-to-day -day tasks and I forget that I'm doing this because I really want to do it. So just to recap everything, number one, it's learning to let go of expectations you have of certain situations or certain people. Number two, it's understanding that overthinking does not get you anywhere. Number three, it's learning to say no to people and opportunities and putting your needs first. Number four, it's the importance of purpose, doing things because you enjoy them, doing things intrinsic motivational perspective. And number five is understanding that happiness comes from within. And, you know, just a lot of times we, we spend so much time and, you know, throughout our life, we spend so much time and energy chasing these external things that we think are going to make us happy as soon as we get there. But, you know, even some of the most successful people, they'll tell you that material objects, they just don't make you happy. And, it, you know, it's the people and the experiences you have that truly brings happiness. And so those are the five lessons I learned from having something like chronic fatigue syndrome and chronic pain and suffering so long and sitting on the sidelines of life for so many years. I remember there were so many times when throughout that time that I was bedridden and even when I was in the hospital, I'd have so many realizations that I've spent all this time and energy trying to do certain things and, and be someone who I thought I was supposed to be 
turns out that life was just redirecting me on the right path. And it took me from one life path, removed me from it, put me on another trajectory. And I'm actually glad and thankful that everything unfolded the way it did. And now I see the bigger picture. I'm able to see that, okay, I got sick for a reason. Because if I kept going down that path that I was just going down, you know, I would have been a lot worse. And it just wouldn't have ended. I would have lived a life saying yes to everybody, saying yes to all the opportunities, constantly overthinking, constantly doing things for an external purpose, trying to achieve a certain thing or something outside of myself. And I just wouldn't truly be happy. And I can honestly say now that I'm doing something that I love every single day, creating videos, not just for clients and and businesses, but creating videos for you guys and, and being able to help people like you. And so I hope that every single one of you watching this right now down the road, whether it's a year or two years or several years or a few months, that you can have these realizations just like I had. Maybe they're not exactly the same five things that I learned. Obviously, there's a lot more things I learned, but hopefully you can start to build your list as you get better and you'll be able to go back and tell your story to people and really be that beacon of hope, that beacon of light to inspire people to just hang in there when things seem tough, when it seems like the end of the road, it seems like the final chapter which it felt like a lot for me, then you'll be able to be that guiding light for them and tell them, hey, there are actually lots of lessons you will learn from this. You will learn them as you go through the journey. But also, once you complete the journey and you're completely out of this mess, you'll be able to look back and be like, that all makes sense now. I can connect the dots. This happened and this happened and this happened. And you know, the sequence of events was almost like perfectly planned out the way the universe laid everything out. So if you got some value out of this video, make sure you subscribe, smash that like button down below and comment. Let me know some of the things that you've learned along the way. What are some lessons that you've learned? What are some realizations that you have? Please comment them down below. Make sure to join our Facebook group, which is in the description below. And as always, I will leave you with this. Remember, you are a thriver. You are just one mind shift away from living a life with thriving health. I'll see you in the next video.